Hi, this is Roy Jones with Man Talk Radio Podcast. Our mission is to break down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Radio broadcast will be starting in just a few seconds. Thank you. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Time for you to come on out the shadows, Junior. Time for you to choose. I can't. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. And even though you go through trials, I'll be right by your side. Don't forget I'm here with you. Don't forget I'm here with you. Lift right here. With you today on the Christian Car Guy Show, yeah, right here with you, <laughs> and uh, you know he's been here all along, Bob. I mean, I love that clip. It's from uh, the movie Bagger Vance or the Legend of Bagger Vance, and whoa, there's a lot of story that goes into that. But if we only knew, right, that Jesus lives in eternity, so all time is with him, and he was there every moment of every single second that you've been on this earth. And so the question today, I really, is he's been right here with you. Sometimes we have eyes to see him. Other times we don't. So when was your first Easter? In other words, after the resurrection, he appeared to Peter and he appeared to James, his brother. But when did he appear to you, right? What was your appearance or you know, your first one, or maybe even exciting. When was your last one? And so, you know, if you've got that, we would love to talk to you. That's the idea of the Christian Car Guy Show, is we love to hear your testimonies of when God did something in your life. 866-348-7884-866-34-TRUTH. And that, you know, here with you is the song by Wells that you heard right after you heard Bagger Vance. Um so, Bob, I know you've got a story, right? When was he right there with you? Well, brother, when you first asked me, I kind of drew a blank. And because and I couldn't, you know, definitely say the first time. And then you mentioned um, that you had spoke last Sunday at a church in Asheboro, I believe you said. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I spoke last Sunday at our church, and I did a children's service. It's a short service, and uh, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. And um, it was just kind of laid on me to uh, speak about a certain thing. And uh, years ago, I was working at at and second shift, and they called us. It was snowing profusely that day, and they called us from work and said, uh, you know, don't come to work today. We're going to, you know, call off second shift for snow reasons and and so I went to this uh, convenience store real close by and got some bread and this and that and a gallon of milk and and uh, so I'd have stuff so we'd have stuff at the house there. And when I got back out to my truck, 
the seatbelt had slid down. It was an older Toyota truck, and the seatbelts would slide down behind the seat occasionally. And um, I was like, well, I'm just going right up here. I was less than, you know, a mile from the house. So I didn't bother with getting the seatbelt out and sticking it back through the seat and uh, headed home. And I didn't get very far and a lady in a Chrysler New Yorker, and in the mid-'80s, they were a good-sized vehicle. Oh, baby. All of a sudden, I see her rear end come out into my lane, and she had lost control of her vehicle, and the passenger door hit me a square in the front end as you can possibly hit. And here Bob has on no seatbelts. We hit so hard it busted the drinks I had in the vehicle. They were spraying all in the vehicle, busted a gallon of milk, knocked my boot off, uh, cracked my kneecap, my head hit the windshield. It bent the steering wheel up five to six inches from the windshield. I mean, just split my chin up and cracked a kneecap. Just a pretty severe incident. I mean, it was just... Right. But, uh, you know, during that, I was just, uh, you know, I was concerned about this and that and the other and having to direct traffic, and it's all a really big blur. But, uh, you know, it just, I didn't have my seatbelt on, and I would have been in much better shape if I'd have had my seatbelt on. And... uh Last week, after I told him that story, you know, when God was obviously there to keep me from getting killed, I should have, you know, very easily could have died. And they were like uh, looking at me like, well, what's that got to do with Easter? I said, well, when Jesus hung on that cross and died, he became our seatbelts. (laughs) <laughs> to protect us from our sins. And oh. if we'll remember to, you know, click our seat belts, our Jesus belts, every morning we'll be protected from our sin. We won't be protected from harm or this or that, but our souls will be protected from our sin. And uh, it was just, you know. Yeah, that is a Christian car guy solution to the Easter party. <laughs> yeah, they were, you could just see folks out in, in the congregation. What's this got to do with Easter? I said, you may be sitting there thinking, now what has that got to do with Easter, Bob? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, my stories, uh, they tend to come full circle. It just takes me a while to get there. So what you're actually saying is as you were preparing for the message in its own way, right? Jesus gave you that insight about the seatbelt, right? About the seatbelt. And that's what he does, man. He gives you these unbelievable pictures of how your story fits into his story and 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 how cool, you know, that I'm never, ever going to forget that story, Bob. <laughs> so I need to tell you also... Um, that you can call in with your story, 866-348-7884. And coming up in the last segment of today's show, we've got the uh, 27th episode of A Plymouth Progress. And how fun, because uh, Edsel Evangelist is going to come share with Faithful and and, uh, Plymouth Valiant about what's going to happen in Vanity Fair. In other words, he's going to give them a prophecy, and it ain't going to be pretty. And so that's coming up. 
in the last segment today's show, and I'm sure you've wondered all along, you know, Robbie, what is this show brought to you? I know there's supposed to be a Hebrew letter. Well, you know, I just wanted to get Bob's story out there early because it was just too good. <laughs> <laughs> so today's today's Christian Car Guy show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Shin. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that letter much, but it looks like fire. But it's the second letter in Jesus' name. So if you've heard the word Yeshua, that sh sound is a shin. It's the same shin that's in the beginning of the word peace, shalom. Or it's in the beginning of the word Sunday, or I mean Saturday, I guess Shabbat. East, that would be, you know, that whole idea of this unbelievable peace. And it, and it comes through a lot of purification. And so it's kind of neat that it's Jesus's second name, but here's the thing I want you to think about. And maybe if you want a fun Bible drill, if you go, Robbie gave me this and I go do it. Okay. Whatever Bible app you use, and I prefer the blue letter Bible app. If you just put in third day, right, just type in third day and do a search of where all it's in the, in the Bible that something happened on the third day, because you might remember that at Jesus on the road to Emmaus, you know, he told the the disciples, you know, that, it, that he had to be raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Well, see all what's happened on the third day prior to Jesus's resurrection. And all you have to do is type in third. Don't do it like me. I put in a three and a RD. That didn't work. You have to type it out. It shows how ignorant I am. No abbreviations. <laughs> it has to be T-H-I-R-D day. And one of the most spectacular to me is, you know, that it was the third day that God appeared to the Jews at Mount Sinai. Um, they had told him to get ready because on the third day, God's going to show up. Well, <laughs> just saying it's a hint of what's going to happen. And so, you know, very fun. I've got a really cool story coming up in the next segment. And, and But none of those stories compare if you don't share yours. So you call us 866-348-7884 is a number to call in. And give us your Easter appearance. Maybe it was your first one. Maybe it was the one that just happened this week. You know, whatever it was, we would love to hear it. Because, again, as people hear your story, just like you heard Bob's story of Jesus the seatbelt. <laughs> as good. only heard on the Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> you know, so many people could be encouraged by yours. And so we would love to hear it. 866 348 7884. Well, we got a break coming. And when we come back, oh, we got a story for you. Oh, we got a story for you coming from Kentucky. So stay tuned. A whole lot more coming at you. This is the Truth Network. I can. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. And even though you go through trials, I'll be right by your side. Don't forget I'm here with you. Don't Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, the idea being, 
you know, when was your Easter? When did Jesus appear to you or right when was he right there with you and and you were able to recognize that? Well, very, very fun. Um, a couple, three weeks ago, we had a boot camp. You know, those who know me well know that I do that with Masculine Journey. And uh, we had a boot camp. And um, I got a chance for the first time ever, Bob, to baptize somebody right in the lake. And actually, I happen to have, his name is Rob Thie, uh, and his sister, whose name is Stephanie Thiessen, is actually on the phone with me right now. So welcome, Stephanie. Hello. How fun to have you on the show today. And well, thank you for having me. Your husband, Joshua, um, relayed a story to me at the campfire that night of the boot camp that is one of the most incredible things I've heard. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of neat stuff like the, that God's done, but your story is so spectacular um, of when God was right there with you and you got to see it. But there's a couple pieces to this story. Um, one of them was when you were really young and you were driving a... Um, I, was it a rhino? Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's called a rhino. It's an ATV. It's like a side-by-side, um, like, a, like a four-wheeler, but side-by-side. Right. Yeah. Um, so we were down Lake Cumberland, and this is in 2012. Um, and there was a like a log or rock um, sticking out into the road. Well, by the time that I was able to steer around it, the back tire got caught on the rock and flipped us. Um, so whenever it flipped, the ATV completely threw me out of it, and it landed directly on my pelvis. And, you know, when that happened, I didn't feel any pain. I just knew that I was on the ground, and I needed to get myself up because I figured, oh, we just wrecked. And I looked around, and I didn't see Josh anywhere, so who's my husband? Um, and so I just was trying to push myself up, and then I saw Josh, and he said, don't move, don't move, just stay right there. And I remember him kneeling down next to me, and he was praying. Well, then I kind of went out. I didn't know, like, what happened after that. Um, the next thing I remember, I was laying on my back, and there was, you know, ambulance and my dad was there, and he was just looking over me. And they were putting, like, a neck brace on me, and they were air-carrying me. Um, so I remember getting in the airplane, or uh, getting in the helicopter. And uh, Stephanie, my dad. Can, yeah. can, I just wanted to ask you, because there's a bit of an echo. Do you happen to have a radio on, or is your phone on speaker? Um, no to both. Okay, well. No worries. You're sounding great. Okay. Keep going. So okay. we, they were going to airlift you like, whoa. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So um, I remember being in the helicopter and I looked out um, of the doors, but I couldn't turn my neck too much because of that neck brace. And I remember looking at my dad and I was just like, dad, I love you. And I said, you know, tell Josh that I love him. And I didn't know that Josh was right there, you know, listening. And so, you know, that was going to be a really long trip for them because they had to drive to um, UK, which is in Lexington. Um, you know, they had to all drive together while I was being air cared there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, I had no idea, but that was going to be the moment that changed my life forever. Um, I knew that I was dying, but I didn't, I didn't give in 
You know, like I, I remember just fighting to stay awake, fighting to stay conscious. And, but I, I was dying. I knew I was. Um, so, you know, hearing like what my dad and my mom and, you know, Josh all have to say after um, the fact. So I was in a nine-hour surgery, and they said that my pelvis was completely shattered. Um, so it was so shattered that it had, like, the bone fragments had lacerated through my bladder. It lacerated through my urethra, uh, my vaginal wall. It had, like, went the bone fragments that were in my spine. My whole hip was, you know, completely, like, up into, like, my stomach area. Um, it was, you know, it was just really bad. And they, you know, were telling the doctors and the doctors and nurses were telling my family, you know, we don't know if she's going to make it um, because it's just so bad. And um, there's two things I want to mention that I didn't mention about the actual scene of the accident. Josh, you know, I was laying under this big machine. He ran over and he picked this machine completely off of me and rolled it over the hill. So, like, the strength that, you know, now I know, looking back, that the Lord had given him in that moment to get that, I mean, it had to have been a 2,000-pound machine, you know, on top of me. He pulled it completely off of me, you know. So I know that the Lord was there. He was there with us. And um, there was that. And the other thing is, they were already thinking that I wasn't going to make it before they even put me in the helicopter because I had so much blood coming out of, um, like, my pelvis area. And so they figured that I had sliced open my aorta, which there's no way to, you know, stop that bleeding, so I would have just bled out. Um, so now fast-forwarding, you know, to the healing, um, they were telling me that my pelvis was so shattered it was, it was going to be like I would never walk again, and I would never be able to hold a child in my pelvis because of how shattered it was. Now, whenever I came to, you know, I started to realize, you know, just how loved I was through all of the people praying for me, all of the people showing up, all of the cards, all of the gifts, and I, I know that it was the Holy Spirit speaking through those people, telling me. Well, I hate, to, I hate to stop you again, Stephanie, but we got to go to a break. Okay. And so for those listening, let me just tell you, this is only one half of an absolutely phenomenal story of Jesus showing up, and you got to hold on to your seatbelts on the second part of it. So <laughs> we're going to have more from Stephanie and more from you if you'd like. Okay, we got one more segment coming. Christian Carguy will be right back. This is the Truth Network. I can. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. And even though you go through trials, I'll be right by your side. Don't forget I'm here with you. Get I'm here with you. Right here 
along with you today on the Christian Car Guy, and he'd been right here with you all along. And we left our hero, Stephanie. Wow. She was in the hospital um, with a horribly broken pelvis to the point that it looked like she wouldn't walk nor ever have children. And, um, wow, I know it was a long, long time um, on the road to recovery from that. Right, Stephanie? Stephanie, are you, are you still with me? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can now. Yeah. Yes, it was a long journey to recovery, um, but it all led me to our Savior, Jesus. And, um, you know, whenever I was being told all of that horrible news and my family is being told all that horrible news, you know, I knew that that wasn't the truth. That's not the truth that the Lord had for me because he kept whispering just such encouragement and love and grace you know, to me that I was going to overcome this. And um, so it was after, you know, I got out of the hospital that I started going to church with Josh. Um, You know, we met when we were 15. So, you know, he was my best friend. And so he started going to church with Josh and his family. And, you know, we went every week. And I was, my whole intention was, you know what? God was with me. I want to know about God. And so that's why I went to church, and in 2012, I was baptized. I received Jesus as, you know, my Lord and Savior. And, you know, there was several years of, you know, sanctification that I was going through, you know, after that. You know, my life didn't just immediately change, but I welcomed the Lord into my heart, and He, you know, has just done just done a work in us. Um, Josh and I, you know, we are now uh, married. We got married in 2017. And, like, I guess I should mention before, whenever they were telling me that I'd never walk, I knew I was going to walk. And I remember, you know, laying on my hospital bed down in the basement at my dad and stepmom's house. And I got up, and I started walking to my dad. And I just remember, like, his eyes. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional. Oh, I, but, I, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> If I were your dad, I would just, my mind would be, and I know your dad because he was at the boot camp too, and he's he's somewhat of an emotional man, so I I can imagine what he went through when he Mm -hmm. saw his daughter walking, and and then not terribly long, well, I guess, you know, from my standpoint, not terribly long, you know, you guys actually have children. Yes, yes, so I taught myself how to walk um, with the Lord's guidance, and then in 2019, um, we conceived our daughter, Grace, and we knew what her name was going to be because it was by God's grace oh, that we yeah. were able to have her. And um, I held her, and she was, you know, healthy and perfect, and the pregnancy was perfect. And um, then three years later, we had our son, Caleb. And so now we have our Grace and we have our Caleb and we are just so grateful, and we're so, just so grateful for the Lord's provisions in all of this. You but know, the, it, yeah. But as you talked about, there, there is that sanctification process yeah. that we all go through. And so you think, well, I gave my heart to Jesus. Life's going to be just. But it wasn't that way at all because the the second accident is the one that I really, I I, I just blows my mind what happened there. So yeah. In 2015, so before the kids, before we were married, we were still living in sin because we were living together and we were not married. 
but we were trying to fit the God's truth into our little own box. And so we were um, up in the mountains of Pennsylvania one t- this night, and we had we were driving home. It was late at night. It had to have been like ten thirty, and um, we had missed a stop sign. I was driving. Josh was in the passenger seat, and there was a stop sign that we missed, and we had went flying over like an embankment, just a like a really you know straight drop down, like a and, mountain, right? Yeah, yes, it was like a mountain. I mean, it was just so steep. And I remember, you know, us flipping, and I remember that sensation of the the tire sliding and then flipping. And then right whenever, you know, everything stopped moving, I uh, Do you know how many times the car flipped? Um, so, you know, I wasn't counting. (laughs) But but it it was several. I mean, I would say, I you know, I really don't, no, I I mean several times. I probably at least four or five, probably right. Four or five, maybe seven. You right. know, because we just kept going, and I just remember boom, boom, boom. You know, as we were going, and so we were down at the bottom. You know, the car finally stopped moving, and I was just you know stunned with what just had happened. And I remember pushing open my door, kind of like tumbling out of the car, and it was dark. It was raining. It was like. You couldn't see anything up in those mountains. There's not much lighting at all. And I remember looking like down at the ground and I was like, oh my goodness, there's, there's feet. There's someone's feet there. And I, my eyes continued to be raised to a person. It was a man, but I did not notice the man's face. I didn't notice the man's hands. I just saw his body and I heard his voice and he said, are you okay? And I said, yes, yes, I'm okay. And he said, let's get you to the top of the, you know, let's get you to the top. And, um, you know, I, I got Josh's hand and him and I were starting our way up this mountain with this man. And when we got to the top of the road, the ambulance was pulling in. I looked to my right to see that man and he was gone. He was no longer there. And, you know, from that moment, the ambulance was, you know, getting our attention, getting us into the ambulance, you know, trying to make sure we were okay. And we never even were able to, nobody else was there with us, you know, but that man was there. And I so didn't know that just, he was uh, an angel. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify for our listeners, like, oh my goodness, this story. Like, you're in a, you go over this embankment, really, literally, almost a mountain. And you yes. go down to the bottom of this, so you're in the field that's in literally the middle of nowhere. At, yes. Like, it was late at night. Like It was late at night. Like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So here at the bottom of this hill, somehow miraculously, there's this man. And from what Josh told me, the roof of the car was down on the front seats. Like there was no place for you guys to even be in the car. No, no, there wasn't. And we left without any bruises. And, or we did have some bruises on like the like shoulders, but that was it. You know, we didn't have any cuts, any kind of sign that we were just. And so then oh there was God. this man he just happened to be at the bottom, just happened to be at the bottom of this mountain. In the rain. In the rain. In the rain. Yeah, yeah always in the rain. And he I walks here. It. And then the, did you guys call the ambulance? Or from my understanding, no. the ambulance was just miraculously there. Just there. And I'll tell you, you know, um, if you, you know, were familiar with this area, there's nothing up there. I mean, it's there's nothing. It's black. It's, you know. It was in the middle of the night. It was raining. Actually, a huge snowstorm was coming in so that we didn't know about until later. But 
so everyone was off the roads. I mean, I don't even know how the ambulance got notified to be there and how they got there so quick. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I think we do. I think we do. And and so really cool from that, God got your attention. (laughs) Yes, he did. He got our attention. That's right. And, um, you know, we decided that our time in Pennsylvania, you know, um, that season that we were in, that whole learning experience that we were, why we were there, because we were living there at the time, we decided it's time to go home and it's time to establish ourselves in the roots of Jesus and the truth of Jesus. And it's, it's time to really start our life, you know, and start our ministry together. Wow. And I that, hate we're almost you know, out of time, but there's one little other piece of this. We only got one minute left. And un- well, fortunately, however, we have a Christian Car Guy Theater episode coming up. So we just got a few more, you know, a little short time to yeah. go. But then was it your brother? Your si- somebody said that you, they were in a Bible study or something, and they said that you're that you guys had seen an angel that didn't even know you. Listen, oh my goodness, it was our, or it was my sister-in-law, so Josh's sister. She was in Meyer, and she was shopping, just going about her business, and some random person she's never seen in her life comes up and's like, "Hey, you know, just like acting like he knows her," and she's like, "You know, hello," and he said, "Hey, you know, I know a lot about you." And he said something on the lines of, you have a, wasn't someone really close to you in some kind of car accident and they saw an angel that night? And she just turned around like, who are you? What are you talking about? And it wasn't until later that night she knew, oh my goodness, that was, you know, confirmation (laughs) that they saw an angel that night. Well, Stephanie, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you sharing this a powerful, powerful message, and I appreciate Josh, and I certainly appreciate your brother, Rob, who I got a chance to baptize myself. How fun yes. is that? It's so <laughs> wonderful what God has done in your family as a result of all this work. So thank you for being faithful. Right now, coming up, Christian Car Guy Theater. This is the Truth Network. Time for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, episode 27. Now, when Plymouth Valiant and Fury Faithful had almost passed through the wilderness, Faithful chanced to look back and saw one driving after them, and he knew who it was. Oh, look, who comes yonder? <laughs> it is my good friend, Etzel Evangelist. Aye. Yes. And my good friend, too, for it was he who sent me on my way to the gate. Now was Edsel Evangelist come up to them, and he honked. Peace be with you, dearly beloved, and peace be to your helpers. Welcome, welcome, my good Edsel Evangelist. (sighs) Seeing you again brings to mind all your past kindness and your faithful labor done for our eternal good. And a thousand times welcome, O sweet evangelist. You have no idea how desirable your company is to us poor Plymouths. How hath it fared with you, my friends, since the time of our last parting? What have you met with, and how have you behaved yourselves? Then Valiant and Faithful told him of all the things that had happened to them in the way, and how, with what difficulty, they arrived at this place. I am glad. Not that you have met with trials, 
but that you have been victors. And for that, you have, despite your many weaknesses, continued in the way to this very day. I say, right glad am I of this thing, and for mine own sake and yours. I have sowed and you have reaped, and the day is coming when both he that sowed and they that reaped shall rejoice together. That is, if you hold out, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. The crown is before you, and it is an incorruptible one. So run that you may obtain it. Some there be that set out for this crown, and after they have gone far for it, another comes in and takes it from them. Hold fast, therefore, to what you have. Let no sedan take your crown. You are not yet out of the gunshot of the devil. You have not resisted unto death in your striving against sin. Let the kingdom of God always be before you, and behave steadfastly concerning things that are invisible. Let nothing that is on this side of the other world get within you, and above all, look well to your own hearts, and to the lusts thereof. Set your faces like a flint. You have all the power in heaven and earth on your side. Well, thank you, Edsel. Let us speak further of our help the rest of the way, for we know you are a prophet and can tell us of things that might happen, and also how we may resist and overcome them. Yes, dear Edsel, do tell us. My sons, you have heard in the words of the truth of the gospel that you must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, that in every city, bonds and afflictions await you. And therefore, you cannot expect that you should go long on your Plymouthage journey without bonds and afflictions in some sort or other. You have discovered the truth of these testimonies in the struggles you have already endured, and more will immediately follow. For now, as you see, you are almost out of this wilderness and will very soon see the town you will enter next on your journey. In that town, you will be set upon by enemies who will be determined to kill you and who will succeed. You can be sure that one or both of you must seal his testimony with blood. So be faithful unto death, and the king will give you a crown of life. The one who dies there, although his death will be unnatural and perhaps very painful, will be better off than his companion, not only because he will arrive at the celestial city sooner, but also because he will escape many of the miseries that the other will meet with on the rest of his journey. So when you come to the town and this happens to you, fulfilling what I have told you, then remember me and the things that I have spoken to you about. What is the name of this town, Etzel? The name of that town is Vanity. And in the town there is a year-round market called Vanity Fair. 
It bears its name because the town that hosts the fair is only concerned with things that are unimportant and vain. All that is bought and sold at the fair is likewise vain and worthless. What was the origin of it, Edsel? This fair is no newly erected business, but a thing of ancient standing. Almost 5,000 years ago, there were Plymouths driving to the celestial city as you two are. Then Beelzebub, Apollyon, and Legion, with their companions, perceiving by the road that the Plymouths made that their way to the city lay through this town of vanity, so they conspired to set up a fair. A fair wherein should be sold all sorts of vanity and that it should last all the year long. Therefore, at this fair are all such vain merchandise sold all year long, such as houses, lands, trades, places, honors, preferments, titles, kingdoms, countries, lusts, pleasures, and delights of all sorts, as prostitutes, Wives, husbands, children, masters, servants, lives, blood, bodies, souls, silver, gold, pearls, precious stones, and what not. And moreover, at this fair there is at all times to be seen juggling, cheats, games, plays, fools, apes, knaves, and rogues, and that of every kind. Tune in soon for the next exciting adventure in the Plymouth Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Uh, Randy, I remember going to the fair and passing out on the Ferris wheel. They told me it was going to be a long time before I came around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daddy. No wonder, Daddy, you were worried about getting that tattoo of a Ferris wheel on your arm, and you would have been fair-skinned. <laughs> see, see what I did now? You got a, you got a tattoo at the fair. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, but seriously, Daddy, it sounds like Valiant and Faithful are headed into a life-and-death situation. I wonder if I would follow Christ to my death. That takes a whole heart set on God alone. Oh, boy. And it would appear that the previous tests they endured were to get their hearts right for this one. You know, Daddy, I think you passed out on the Ferris wheel because you had five deep-fried Twinkies. Oh, boy. That's what I have all the time when I go to the fair. <laughs> Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. I can't thank you enough for joining us today on the Christian Car Guys show. How fun is that? Christian Car Guy Theater. Uh, you can find out all about it at the cast and crew page at christiancarguy.com. And I would point out that it's just a spectacular performance by Alan Johnson in today's episode as he played both faithful and Edsel Evangelist. So how cool is that? As well as Jesse Cordy, always amazing, and Brian Habit as Randy Radiator. You can also find out all about the Jesus labor love at christiancarguy.com. Now remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, did it all in 33 years, and now he's right here with you. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.
Hi, this is Roy Jones with Man Talk Radio Podcast. Our mission is to break down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Radio broadcast will be starting in just a few seconds. Thank you.